It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Swing and a drive! Swing, there's a shot. High drive! Out of here! This laser beam of a home run for Brandon Crawford. First home run of the year for the Giants, and it's Joey Bart. Is. Challenger strikes out swinging. Bang! And as he struck him out. What a performance from Logan Webb tonight. Camilo Doval gets the save. Inside Giant Moments. Yastrzemski! Gone! And late night Lamont strikes nice again. Belt was all over it. The captain. Great call, Parker. With Adam Copeland. Welcome back into the Inside Giant Moments podcast. I'm your host, Adam Copeland. I say this every week, a fun podcast coming up for you, but you know what makes it even more fun? When the Giants hit a hot streak, when we're about to record a podcast, and even better, our guest today, Joey Bart, who's been a huge part of that hot streak. Obviously, Joey Bart struggled a little bit earlier this year, was sent down to the minor leagues in the uh, the first week of June, June 4th to be exact, was the last day that he was in the big leagues. He goes down for about a month, and he actually didn't go directly to Sacramento. Stayed up uh, in San Francisco, worked with the big league, hitting instructors worked with Will Clark, then went down, got a little bit of work in. They wanted him to sort of tear the swing down and build it back up, and they did a lot of work with him on what he's looking for at the plate. Uh, He obviously wasn't drawing a lot of walks. Well, things have changed considerably for Joey Bart since he came back to the bigs on July 6th. Now, not a huge sample size, but a good enough sample size to see that he has righted the ship and turned things around, and it's been really, really exciting to watch. In 29 games since returning from Sacramento on July the 6th, he's had 93 plate appearances, 89 at-bats. In those 89 at-bats, he's had three doubles, 28 hits total. I should put that out there. Five home runs, 12 ribs, four walks, 28 strikeouts. But the big number here, he's batting 315 in that span with an 861 OPS. And if you look at the OBP, 344. How about this? Dropped out a bunt the other day against the Arizona Diamondbacks as part of a three-hit performance on Monday night. He has been a huge boost to the middle of this lineup. And we don't know that Joey's going to end up being a guy that's going to hit in the three-hole or the four-hole. He certainly profiles as a guy that you're going to be able to drop down later in the lineup but can still give you a little bit of pop and who knows what happens as he continues to develop throughout his young career it's been a lot of fun to see him right the ship one of the more exciting stories i think for the giants and one of the more exciting developments over the last couple of weeks considering he will be here for some time right we want to see joey succeed and see him lock down that catcher spot for many years to come as he was the number two overall pick i also think pretty cool that he and will clark spent a lot of time together and did a lot of work together the two number two overall picks in san francisco Giants history but we got to talk about what happened earlier this week the Giants go up uh, against the Dodgers last week they get swept against the Dodgers and then here come the Pittsburgh Pirates now one of the things with the Giants last year in 2021 as part of that magical 107 win season was that they beat up on teams they were supposed to beat up on when you don't do that throughout the course of the season now I'm talking now in 2022 when you don't do that in 2022 you start to wonder what well, are these teams the Giants are supposed to beat well we saw flashes of it early in the year and then what's sort of ironic is the Pirates were the team that sent the Giants into that little tailspin. The Giants played a great series against them out in Pittsburgh. That kid Zawinski hits three home runs and walks off against the Giants on that Sunday afternoon from PNC Park. 
then things sort of spun a little bit out of control for the Giants. They were 10 games over 500 at one point uh, after that, uh, that Pittsburgh series. Well, they're back above 500 now after putting together five consecutive wins entering play on Wednesday. Now, we mentioned the three games that they won against Pittsburgh. Those were awesome. But how about the Saturday night game? Tyro Estrada has emerged as a ball player. Now, he's not a guy who's going to carry the lineup. He's not going to hit for tons and tons of power, but he'll steal you a bag. He can play all over the diamond, but I think is clearly uh, the most comfortable, or, or from a fan's perspective, I think we look at him and we like him most at second base. He projects uh, mostly as a second baseman, but was in there at short when Brandon Crawford was on the injured list. And by the way, we're talking middle infield here. We'll get back to Brandon Crawford in just a sec. How about Tyro Estrada picking up the sweep for the Giants on Sunday afternoon against the Pirates? Friday night, they get a great outing from Carlos Rodon. He comes out. Giants win 5-3 to three. on Saturday. Logan Webb was brilliant. Uh, rocking the blacks out there at Oracle Park. Had a brilliant play at first base, a one unassisted where he dives into the bag and gets it out. He has been absolutely fantastic, uh, really all season long, and especially here in the back end of this season. It seems like it's win day. When Logan Webb goes out there or Carlos Rodon goes out there, it seems like uh, the Giants can make a little bit of a push or or certainly if they can get some runs, they can make sure that they uh, they suppress the offense of the opposition and come out and get a win. It certainly seems like those two guys give them their best opportunity. But how about what Alex Cobb did on Monday night against the, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks? He was brilliant on Monday. Alex Cobb has been fantastic since he came off the injured list, an ERA under three, uh, and, and has been getting what we as Giants fans like to call, I think, caned a little bit. Uh, he's not getting the run support when he's out there, but he's just got to keep hurling the way he's been hurling, and the wins will start to come for the Giants. Well, on Sunday... Giants and the Pirates. Giants have an opportunity to sweep a series, which would feel good considering the Pirates ruined that sweep in Pittsburgh, as we mentioned, and Zawinski, the young player, hit the walk-off home run. It went back and forth all afternoon long. The Giants were up four to nothing. Then they were up five to nothing. Then it's five to three. Then here comes the bullpen, and it gets a little bit shaky there in the seventh inning. It's now uh, six to five in favor of the Pirates. Giants come back and tie it six to six. The Pirates get a run in the top of the ninth inning, and then bottom of the ninth with one on. Here comes Tyro Estrada, and it's an awesome, awesome, awesome moment and a great call from our guy Dwayne Kyver. High drive, left field. tell you what one of the last things i may ever do in media like when it's all said and done and i'm done with my career i, I may try to cut together like every Dwayne kuyper home run call just on a loop and, and listen to it before bed every night <laughs> I might, might have to start it at like noon but i would listen to every Dwayne kuyper home run call how fired up does that get you and that was a cool moment on sunday afternoon as the giants pick up the sweep all right fast forward they win a couple of games monday night they win uh, against uh, the arizona diamondbacks behind a brilliant performance from alex cobb we talked about that just a little bit ago well on tuesday night jacob junis gets the ball and has a stellar performance, seven innings pitched for Jacob Junis. A really, really nice performance. Gives up just a solo home run to Christian Walker. We talked about getting Matt Cain. That's like a Matt Cain-like outing, going seven strong, giving up just the solo home run, and the Giants are trailing one nothing. They get into the ninth inning. All right, here's where things get a little funky and really, really fun for the Giants. Very 2021 of these Giants over the last week or so to pick up their fifth consecutive win. Two outs are made in the ninth inning. Then here comes Tyro Estrada. How about this? Tyro Estrada... Steps in against Ian Kennedy, and in a span of three days, how about what Tyro Estrada did? Walks off against the Pirates and then comes up with two outs and hits a triple to give the Giants an opportunity to tie the game with two outs in the ninth inning. Here's what it sounded like. Kennedy delivers. Swing, and there's a high drive to right field. Hit well, going back, still going back at the wall, the leap. It's off the bricks to second Estrada. Heading for third. The throw comes in, finally. 
and it's a triple for Tyro Estrada. And then here he comes, man, number 35. When we had Mike Kruko on the week that, uh, that the Giants retired Will Clark's number a few weeks ago, we talked about, you know, the guys who are not in the Hall of Fame who are ultimately, we believe, should have their numbers retired by the San Francisco Giants. Number 55, Tim Lincecum. Number 15, Bruce Bochy. 28, Buster Posey. Uh, number 40 for Madison Bumgarner. And then Mike Kruko threw out, well, you can't forget number 35, Brandon Crawford, the greatest shortstop in franchise history. How great has he been as a San Francisco Giant? So cool. And I know the season's been a little bit more of a struggle for him than it was last year where he was an MVP candidate. I still feel better about him at the plate than I do a whole lot of other guys around the league. And I certainly feel good about Brandon Crawford out at shortstop. He steps up with Tyro Estrada at third base. Crawford represents the winning run at the plate and many times, many times, we've seen Brandon Crawford walk it off, be it with a hit, be it with a home run. How about this when he walks it off in just one big swing to dead center field? Center field. Thomas back. On the hitter. This game is over. Unbelievable. Oh, man, what a way to keep the streak going. That's that's the kind of magic you need. You didn't want to go down and end the streak with a, a one nothing loss. And how about this note for the Giants? The Giants, don't forget, had not had a walk-off home run, which is incredible, all of last season, 107 wins, and did not have a walk-off home run. Plenty of other walk-offs, but none of the home run variety. When Brandon Crawford hit his game winner with two outs in the ninth inning on Tuesday night, the Giants were trailing one to nothing. According to ESPN Stats and Info, that was the first time the Giants hit a walk-off home run down to their final out since 2009, the last guy to do it was Pablo Sandoval against the Washington Nationals. What's so crazy is I was reading about this stat, and I thought, I was at that game. Pablo Sandoval hits a three-run homer to walk off against Joe Bimel and the Nats. Remember Joe Bimel, former Dodger and a National anyway? A really cool moment. This is the third time this year the Giants have hit a walk-off home run when trailing in a ball game. That's the first time they've done that since 1973. So many times you hit a walk-off home run when you're tied. Uh, but when you're behind, think uh, Angel Pagan rounding third with the, uh, the inside-the-park walk-off home run. Anyway, Brandon Crawford keeps the streak alive, the all-time greatest shortstop in Giants history. A lot of fun on Tuesday. Tuesday night. I'm just saying, Giants fans, I'm not saying it's a lock. I'm not saying that they're making an absolute push and that they're going to get in and, and make a magical run towards uh, towards what we would love to see, another championship in San Francisco. I will say this. Math is math. And entering Wednesday's game with Carlos Rodon on the hill, the Giants trail the San Diego Padres by four and a half games. However, they're just three games back in the loss column. The reason that's significant is you can't make up losses. You can make up wins, which is a big deal. And also, the Giants wrap up the season. The final three games of the year, October 3rd, 4th, and 5th, go down in San Diego. The best thing about chasing the Padres is they will forever be the Padres. All right, that's going to take us right up to this week's guest, Joey Bart, the number two pick in the 2018 MLB first-year player draft and has really, really turned his season around. I'm starting to look forward to Joey Bart at bats. It really is sort of a threat when he comes up. He rocketed a ball off the wall on Monday. Should have been a double, but he hit it so hard he had to stop at first base because the left fielder got to it. That'll take us right up to our conversation with Giants starting catcher number 21, Joey Bart. It's a pleasure to welcome to the Inside Giant Moments podcast. The first time we've had him, he's the catcher for your San Francisco Giants. Number 21, Joey Bart. Joey coming off a big game on Monday night. Thanks for making time for us today, man. How are you? Doing well, man. Uh, no problem at all. Um, I know Kelsey's been asking me about this for a while, so I felt like I needed to uh, needed to come through for her. So I'm excited to uh, spend a few minutes with you here today. 
I've been doing the podcast for a couple of months and I think uh, I, I've come to realize everybody just, if you do what Kelsey asks or what Kelsey says, everything goes over pretty well. Everything's good. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, gotta, gotta bend over a little bit uh, backwards yeah. to help out what's going on. So uh, I know your schedule's busy, so we'll get right into it, man. First of all, how, how are you enjoying San Francisco, man? I'm always interested. I'm, I'm from the Bay area. I've been in San Francisco for about 10 years now. Uh, grew up in the East Bay, but I always wonder when, when guys come over from a, a different part of the country, you enjoying the food, you enjoying the weather. What's been your, uh, your favorite part of coming to San Francisco? Francisco as a, as a daily gig man for the summertime I'd probably say the weather I think uh I love that fall feeling you know and you kind of get that out here a lot even throughout the summertime being being from Atlanta area North Georgia it's always super hot in the summer and wet you know so this is nice to uh to kind of feel like a clean crisp air but um man it's good uh, I don't I don't do a ton of things outside of the field unfortunately you know I mean I'm I'm here every day at noon so or before then trying to trying to figure things out trying to get a game plan together but um you know there's been some there's been some cool spots the other day actually the giants they took us on a little ferry out in the in the bay and we rode around alcatraz and we rode around and it kind of opened my eyes up to you know somewhere else other than this like square block that i live in over here so, <laughs> it was I pretty you. cool man yeah. it was pretty cool i uh i have no complaints yeah, you're right. And we get that. We get that sort of uh, late uh, early fall, late summer feeling here where the, the weather gets real nice in, in August and September. So uh, I'm glad you got out on the bay and, and got to enjoy that a little bit. You talked about showing up at noon every day and, and sort of figuring out your game plan and, and getting ready for the day and preparing for the game. Has that been one of the I don't want to say struggles, but has that been a key part for you about becoming a big leaguer, sort of figuring out your routine, what works for you on a day to day basis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so, it's so important. I mean, <clears throat> there there's just so many times like, you know, you feel rushed during the day or sometimes you feel like you don't have any time for anything. You feel like you don't even have time to eat. So you just got to stay on top of it. And, um, you know, the answer always to me is come in earlier, but sometimes it's not, you know, and the thing about having this having a routine every day is sometimes you can alter it and and swap things up and uh, try to do things a little bit differently. But at the end of the day, there's in the position, you know, as a catcher, there's just a lot, a lot going on all, all the time with the pitching side and um, most importantly, and then, you know, obviously we, we get to hit as well. So, but it just seems like it's, it's just a lot of work, man. And and I'm thankful to be in the position to, to do it. And I take it, you know, head on, but at the same time, sometimes it can get to be a little bit exhausting, you know, so you just got to find out what works for you. You got to figure out and, and open your mouth and talk to guys and and that have done it and um, and pick their brains about it and figure out the best routine. I got to tell you, man, you, you've been one of the the most fun stories to watch all season long because of some of the early struggles, your little recalibration. You had some really incredible success as of late. The month of August has been spectacular. And really over the last five or six weeks or so, you've completely sort of changed your approach. It's noticeable, I think, just to the average fan who's showing up and watching you. Is there a lesson you think that you've learned from this first sort of full season in the big leagues that, that you're going to carry with you when this year is over? Yeah, man, it's it's all about making adjustments. You gotta you gotta make adjustments on the fly, and uh, you know, coming into coming out of spring training, it it's just crazy looking back at it. You know, I was I was in a great spot. I felt great, was super confident. And then you come out and you play baseball, and you you get punched around. You know what I mean? And you don't really know what happened. You don't know what what to turn to, and um, you really just turn to resources and and just kind of rewind the tape and figure out what went wrong and and how you can how you can bounce back and. And, and figure it out. That's what it's all about. I mean, it, 
you're going to go through struggles in this game. You know, I mean, some of the best players in the game every now and then have bad years, you know, and it's just a, trying to find a way to to avoid that, you know. So um, just being resilient, being able to be a little bit more open minded, figure out ways to to improve. But realistically, just keep baseball, baseball and go out there every day and try to enjoy it, because um, at this level, it's it's easy to get caught up in in you know, and, uh, and start worrying and realizing you're not really having that much fun. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of pressure or whatever, but you just can't, you can't make it about that. You have to go out there every day and, and enjoy what you're doing. And, uh, you know, I, I just personally been trying to keep it about winning and, and more, more about the team and less about me. Um, I feel like, you know, that puts a little, takes a little bit of stress off me and, uh, really just trying to get dialed in with the pitching staff, man. I mean, if I feel like if I can do my job, uh, with the pitching staff and, and, you know, try to put the guess, best game plan together I can, then, you know, that's going to be a good start to the day. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how I sum it up and all in all. I mean, I don't, it's just, it's just about learning and moving on and, and, and leaving things in the past and, and keep trying to get better. I mean, there's going to be more times people struggle, including myself, you know, it's just, it's just an ongoing battle with this game all the time. And you just got to figure out how to try to stay a little bit ahead of it. Well, it's a great answer, man. And something I think I actually interviewed you one time a couple of years ago out in Scottsdale. I think it was right before everything got shut down in 2020 with the uh, the morning show at the radio station. And my big takeaway from talking to you that day was that you were a very even keeled guy. And even seeing a lot of your interviews since then and the way you carry yourself on the field, you seem very even keeled. I also will say that over the last couple of weeks with a lot of your success, it seems like we're getting a little bit more emotion and more character out of you on the field. Do you feel like that's starting to come through a little bit more? I saw a moment where uh, you sort of swung your hand at Andrew Bailey's at, uh, in the dugout the other day after <laughs> running over by a foul ball. It's been cool to get to know you and your personality on the field, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that's the thing about this place. I have a, I have a great relationship with there's a lot of great people here. Andrew, you know, uh, all the all the hitting coaches. Craig Albernez is my guy. That's the guy yeah. I kind of knocked on top of the head. He was in there. Chirping. It was Albernez, right? Yeah, yeah. He was in there chirping me. So I had to I had to I had to, <laughs> I had to calm him down a little bit. He was feeling it. So it's just all a lot of good fun, man. And, and obviously that comes out a lot more when you're winning. Right. But at the same time, just keeping it about having fun and staying loose and going out there and competing every day and, and not overlooking it. I mean, it just sounds so cliche, but it's, it's just so true. You can't, you can't worry or get caught up in, in what's going on. You can only con control what you can. And, and, and that's the realest thing I've ever, ever realized, you know, because, there's there's so many moving parts always going on in this game and on the field, off the field. You just got to stay, stay even with your head, try to be consistent every day, try to be the best teammate every day. And people, you know, people enjoy being around you. You'll you'll have fun cutting up. You'll play a little bit looser. And usually that works out better, you know. So there, there's a lot that's been written uh, and reported. And I actually, I talked to Will Clark about this last week, about, about him sort of helping with your hitting approach when you were going through it a little bit earlier this year. How, how big of a role has he played for you this season and kind of working through the highs and the lows and, and sort of just being a veteran, a guy to lean on a little bit? Yeah, man, Will, Will's the man. I mean, he's he's been there for me for a while uh, and, and he really cares. You know, I was talking to someone earlier about that. Like, you can tell that that guy, I mean, just by listening to his speech, and the way he fired up that crowd that day, like, you know, that's coming from his heart and um, everything he says to me is is genuine and real. And, um, you know, we have great conversations <laughs> a lot of time, not even about baseball, just cutting up, having mm -hmm. fun. And, and that's what it's all about. I mean, I just just try to soak up all the knowledge I can. And, and we have a resource like Will walking around here, you know, Barry walks around and, and checks in on guys. You know, I just think it'd be ignorant not to open my eyes or my ears and listen, you know, so uh 
I'm uh, I'm thankful for that relationship I have with Will. You know, obviously I wasn't, I didn't grow up and I couldn't watch him play, but just hearing the stories and, and watching the tape and the magnitude of how much he meant to this organization is pretty cool, man. So for him to for him to be out here and on the West Coast, you know, a long ways from home and give us our time, it's it's pretty special. Well, and it's really cool and special for a, a young player like yourself to recognize that, to understand there's a wealth of knowledge here. And the Giants as an organization do such a good job of keeping those veterans and the guys who mean a lot to the organization around. Have you and Will bonded at all about both being the only two uh, number two overall picks for the Giants? Have you guys talked about that? <laughs> No, man. No, no. That's, for every, that's for everyone else, man. Yeah, we're, okay. All right. we're just baseball players. You know, we're both, both very fortunate and, and would never take anything for granted. But no, it's, it's usually about other stuff than baseball. Yeah, yeah. I was joking. I was joking about that yeah. one. I, you know, the other part that's cool is he wore 22. You wore number 21. Is there, is there any special reason behind 21? Or was that just what, uh, what Murph handed you one day? Yeah, no. I mean, I, uh, they asked me what number I wanted and, there's not a there's not a ton of available numbers, especially good numbers with the Giants. So um, it was like a lower, you know, pretty solid number. And I was like, you know what, I'll take 21. It was actually uh, Ethan Katz was our assistant pitching coach a couple of years ago. It was his number and he took it off his back and gave it to me. So, um, you know, my number has always been number nine, mm. but clearly that's been worn around here for a little while. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy with it. I don't really care. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I'm just thankful it's not 60, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're right, right. I said that to uh, to somebody earlier. I was like, I think there's been three number 70s on the Giants this year. I was like, yeah. we got to figure something out. So we got a lot of number 70s. So uh, earlier this year, you had, in my opinion, one of the coolest home runs anybody could ever hit, dude. May 15th, you hit a home run off of Albert Pujols. Uh, what were you thinking when you stepped up for that at bat and Albert Pujols is out there on the mound, dude? It's like it's like I, I'm facing a baseball card, I imagine. That's That's got to be the yeah. freakiest at bat ever. Yeah, no, no, it's cool, man. I mean, at the time as a hitter, when a pitcher's on the mound, it always seems like you always like, I feel like way more nervous than I would with the nastiest pitcher in the game, just because like, it's really easy to look stupid out there, you know, <laughs> like, especially when a pitcher's lobbing it in there, you see guys swing and miss, take ugly swings, strike out. So, and I, I think I was O two, 2 you know, at the time I, I hit that ball. So, um, it was just cool, man. I think looking back on it, it's a lot cooler than really what was in the moment because, you know, clearly we were getting we were getting beat around pretty good that night. So it was kind of a deadening night. But at the same time, you know, looking back, it was like, wow, I mean, I got a lot of people reach out to me about that. And um, it's something that, you know, 20, 30 years from now, I can probably look back and be like, wow, that was yeah, that that happened. You know, we went back to back off AP in St. Louis in his last year, you know, so Cool memory, man. Cool memory. Um, thankful for that opportunity. Yeah, we had uh, we had Longoria on the podcast a couple of months ago, and he said sort of the same thing. He's like, dude, there's this nerve wracking thing where you don't want to be the guy to strike out to Albert Pujols, but also yeah. if you hit one, did you really beat him? It's a, it's sort of a funny <laughs> dichotomy yeah, to it's deal like a with. Lose lose situation. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so speaking of guys like Albert Pujols, is there a player whose career you followed? Um, now you're in the big leagues. You're playing alongside some of these guys that you were excited to play against, or a pitcher maybe that you've been excited to face. Just a guy who's been around for a long time that you've admired as a, as maybe a young guy and a young player. Oh man, I'm trying to think. I mean, or maybe you've already faced one. Uh, maybe it's yeah, somebody you've already gone up against. I, I would say bomb. I mean, no doubt. I I've always looked up to bomb man and uh, the foundation that he's laid for this organization. You know, so um, last night that was it was super weird. You know, I mean, I I know he doesn't like pitching against us. 
he, he just has so much respect for the uniform and, and the club. So it's always a weird situation. Like, obviously, all of us want to show up every day and do our job the best we can. But, you know, it's some it's, sometimes it's kind of hard to see him, you know, go out like that in at Oracle Park. You know what I mean? But, you know, at the same time, like I said, um, we have to do a job. And, you know, and, and luckily, we you know, we took advantage of the opportunity. But at the same time, you know, that's just coming from a respect factor for me, you know, just having a lot of respect for him and and knowing how much respect he has for, for the giants, you know? So I'd say that's someone that, um, you know, growing up in Atlanta, I didn't watch a ton of, I mean, I never really watched a ton of baseball I, I watched the Braves obviously, but like mm -hmm. definitely not West coast. I was just, it was too far behind me back uh, out here. So, but obviously I knew who he was and I had watched him in the postseason and do the things he did growing up. So that's something that I remember. Yeah, I, and I saw you mention after the game the other night that uh, that you guys have, have sort of maintained a relationship. I recall him. It must have been 2019, maybe your your first spring training with the big mm -hmm. league club when he came and, yeah. and tabbed you and, and said, hey, come catch my bullpen. How, how has that relationship grown over the last couple of years? Because as a young kid, that's got to be pretty cool. And then now you're in the bigs and you're facing them. Yeah, man, it's been cool. Uh, Bum's been great. I, you know, we're not best friends. We don't talk all the time, but he reaches out to me. I'll reach out to him every now and then in the offseason. He likes to fish a lot. I like to fish like he's into like the whole tournament fishing scene. And that's something that I love. So he'll, he'll, he'll hit me up about stuff, you know, about, you know, hey, what do you think about this or that to put on my boat or this, you know, whatever. Just talking small yeah, talk, yeah. nothing really to do about baseball, just kind of some some stuff to do in the in the fishing industry. But yeah, man, I mean, he's uh, he's a pro. He's always taking care of me. He's always had good advice for me. And uh, I learned a lot from him, you know. I feel like he's kind of one of the last of a dying breed. You know what I mean? There's not a ton of guys that like bum that are going to move forward in this game anymore. So I'm really going to cherish the, the the experiences I have with him on and off the field until, you know, whenever he's done playing. Yeah, boy, well said, man. I mean, he you're right. He, he's, he's an old school guy and it's it's so fun to still watch him out there. And, and maybe the only guy who's still going to get a standing O from Giants fans every time right. he walks off the field. I mean, that was that was really cool on Monday night. Uh, what do you think the biggest difference is for you or what have you noticed maybe is the biggest difference jumping from the minors to the big leagues? What, what's the biggest uh, sort of demarcation line getting to the bigs from the minor leagues? I just say, man, playing in the big leagues is all about winning, you know, and uh it sounds crazy, but in the minor leagues, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that. You know I mean? It's, it's more about guys moving level to level and mm -hmm. which is very important because no one else is cutting us their paycheck. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, like as a minor leaguer, you have to perform and you have to prove yourself to try to make it and put yourself into position. So um, really just, just playing to win every single day is, is different for me. You know, it's been a long time. I, you know, I played to win, you know, not saying that I haven't played to win, but it just on a whole nother level of importance. Right. But um, I've been on some good teams. I've been on some bad teams, you know, throughout, you know, throughout my career and in, in high school, college, you know, minor leagues. But, you know, it's good to be a part of a, a team that that is really rich in and in, in winning culture. You know what I mean? And it always seems like things around here are a lot better when you're winning, you know, and yeah. Um, you know, sometimes they can hide some things that are happening, but, you know, at the same time, it's I feel like it's basically been the biggest, you know, difference between coming up is just the importance placed on it.
yeah, I imagine in the minors, like you said, it's, it's a lot about individual stuff, getting better, improving, yeah. developing, and then you get to the bigs, and that's that's sort of the goal is let's go out and, and try to win a championship. 26 guys going for one thing. And uh, what, one of the guys who, who you got to catch in the minor leagues, and now you're catching them pretty regularly at the big league levels, Camilo Duvall, man. Uh, you talked about that two-seam fastball or that sinker, whatever it is that he's yeah. throwing. You said it's not a fun pitch to catch, but how about the incredible step forward that he's taken this year, man? Yeah, man, he's the sky's the sky's the limit for that guy. I mean, he can do. He's he's got God given ability, man. That that I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen. I know I, I ask guys all the time. I was like, have you ever seen anything like that? You know, like <laughs> just because <laughs> the way he throws a ball, the, the level, the, just the amount of talent that's oozing out of that kid, man, is is impressive. So um, he's a lot of fun to be around too. He's he's super calm and collective, you know, I mean, he's, we always joke with him and say like, he has no heartbeat. I mean, it's just the kid, the kid just lives for that moment, you know, and uh, to see the way he's come along from 19 and high A, you know, it's just incredible. So, um, you know, I, I love getting back there. And like I said, sometimes it's not that fun when you got a hundred monarch balls coming at you, moving a lot of different directions. But um, when that guy comes in in the ninth, I like our chances. So, um, it's just going to be continuing to grow that relationship with him and watching him succeed. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm his biggest fan. That's for sure. I mean, he's, he's got, he's got it all. And you just got to stay consistent and go do it every day. Hey, he's filthy, man. I mean, he looks like an incredibly uncomfortable at bat now that he's throwing pitches that are moving the other way and in on right-handers. I mean, that's, yeah. that's gotta be impossible. Have you, have you ever faced him in, in live BP at any point? Yeah, I have my best swing ever off of him. Really? <laughs> ever, Did you ever in this? And I'll, <laughs> I will. I'll speak up for this one because I'm actually proud. I don't speak up for anything I do. But twenty since you asked, twenty twenty uh, alternate site. He threw me like a hundred mile an hour fastball at the top of the zone, and I hit it out to center field. And I was like, couldn't even believe I did it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, how the hell did I just hit that, man? Like, you know, I I I would say I got pretty lucky, but I'd never forget. I was talking about it yesterday to someone. They asked me if I ever faced him. He's either smoked me in the back or uh, that's happened a lot. I, I remember in the summer camp 2.0, whatever, in, in San Francisco, Buster, I, I, had, I had a live at bat against him and Buster was telling me to go get in there. I was like, all right, man, he's going to hit me. I'm telling you, he's going to hit me. And I walked up there. He hit me in the back and I walked right back in the dugout. And everyone was looking at me like, are you serious? Like, I was like, yeah, man, he's you know, sometimes with righties back, back in the day, he was a little gun shy with righties, you know, and he would smoke guys. I've seen it, you know, mm -hmm. for years playing with him. So he doesn't really have that problem anymore, but I will say that's probably the best swing I've ever taken is off Camilo Duvall hitting that caliber of a fastball, uh, probably closed my eyes and swung and it worked out, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that, that, that was, that was the experience. I've either had something really good or something that hurt really bad. <laughs> oh, that's great, man. You get memories either way. You got a, got a welt yeah. on your back or you got a, a home run yeah. to take home with you. Uh, Joey, great story, man. Hey, before we let you go, I was like to end it with just sort of fun, something light here. So I, we mentioned earlier, you were number 21, got to know a little bit of giants history. Can you name some other guys in recent years or, or some famous giants who have worn number 21 before you? Can you oh, think of any? Man. Come on. I, I got to get you. You got to get me. I got to get you one or two good ones. You got to know a few. One. I'll give you, I'll give you an easy oh. one if you want. Is it uh yeah, I don't even want to say it. I have no idea. Well, it's okay. Jeff Kent wore 21 for a long Jeff time. Kent? Oh, Jeff Kent yeah, was really good. good. You got to know Jeff <laughs> Kent. Uh Freddie Sanchez wore it for the 2010 World Series Giants. Uh Steven Vote wore it, I think, right before. That's right. Vote, yeah, Vote wore it. I and then here's that. here's a cool one that I was just thinking about that's crazy. Deion Sanders wore number 21 for the San Francisco Giants. How about that? Really? Yeah, isn't that incredible? 
I didn't even know he played yeah. for the Giants. <laughs> You're in good company, you, dude. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, I've been uh I've been on the East Coast my whole life. So <laughs> I got you, dude. I got you. And you're I'm putting a in a lot behind. of work, man. You're putting in a lot of work and, and we're all seeing it, man. That's an, it's been a lot of fun catching up with you, dude. This is a, this has been a fun conversation. I appreciate you being real open and, and sharing your time with us. And, uh, and again, man, you've been one of the most fun stories all season to watch. I wish you much confidence and, and much success for the rest of this year and, and for many years to come, man. Thanks so much, Joey. All right, Adam. Thanks for having me, brother. Uh, what a fun conversation with Joey Barna. And I mentioned to him earlier in the, uh, the interview, it's been really cool to get to see his personality. And I know he says, well, when you win games and you're performing well on the field, it's easier to show that personality. And they always say winning cures all will five in a row for the Giants entering Wednesday and at the time uh, of the uh, the start of the game on Wednesday the Giants four and a half out of that third wild card spot but just three games back in the loss column as I mentioned earlier you can make up wins you cannot make up losses so not a bad position to be in as the Giants got a couple weeks left in the month of August and then we head to September baseball and don't forget the season ends on October 5th this year uh thank you to our producer kelsey did a wonderful job helping us with joey bar today i know joey uh uh needled a little bit and, and jabbed a little bit but we appreciate joey bart's time today as well thank you for a news for all your help this week with the podcast as well if you're enjoying the podcast please rate review subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening you don't want to miss an episode of the inside giant moments podcast and you certainly don't want to miss it the giants get a little uh little upswing here at the back end of the season i'm just saying i'm just saying i'm not making any guarantees i'm not saying eh, this is the end all be all I'm just saying the Giants are playing their best baseball in about a month and a half, maybe the last two months. It's a good time of the year to start to do it. We'll be back with another episode next week. Until then, you've been listening to the Inside Giant Moments podcast. I'm your host, Adam Copeland. We'll talk to you then. Swing and a drive! Home run for Brandon Crawford. This. What a performance from Logan Webb tonight. Camilo Doval gets the save. Is. Yastrzemski. Gone! And late night Lamont strikes again. Belt was all over it. The captain. Inside Giant Moments. It's headed for the bay! The third of the night for Jock Peterson. With Adam Copeland. Well, strikeouts and they're on their feet here at Oracle Park for Carlos Rodon. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.